Thank you to Fiverr for supporting this episode of Rogan Reasoned. I'm a lot of things, but one thing I am not is a sound engineer. So when it comes to editing my podcast episodes, I look to an awesome engineer I connected with on none other than Fiverr. As a small business owner, it is important to recognize when you need to outsource. By doing so, you not only free up your time, but you prevent your passion from becoming a pain. Visit the link in my show notes or head to www.lauraswanseekman.com and click on consulting to view Fiverr as one of my go-to business resources. Hey everyone, welcome back to Rogan Reasoned. I'm your host, Laura Swan Siegman, and this week we are taking a shift back to business conversation. Now, I realize not all of you have your own business, but I do think these conversations are useful anyways, as you can take some of these topics and tactics into your employer work setting or keep them on the back burner for when you do have your own business venture one day. Trust me, it's a lot easier to learn along the way than to try to shove all the knowledge in all at once. So fill up your business knowledge bank now and give this episode a listen because I'm dropping some goods on you all. Not only do I have my own business, well, businesses, but I work alongside a ton of other small business owners to help them with theirs. From brand development and coaching to website design and social media marketing strategy, I see it all. And another big thing I see is business owners getting hung up early in the game because a set of assumptions they make straight out of the gate. Now, if I'm working with them from the jump, I can help them correct or completely avoid this. But sometimes I connect with a small business owner after they've been working on their business for a while, and it takes us both a little more effort to get their mindset to shift. You are making assumptions about your ideal client that are preventing you from attracting them, interacting with them, and making a sale from them. So let's break down seven specific assumptions you've adopted and kick them to the curb to help you become more profitable. All right, so people make assumptions for a variety of reasons. They can be based on past experiences, a general lack of knowledge on a specific topic, or because someone else told you that something was true. Actually, that's the first thing to address. You're assuming that what you hear from other people, whether they're even in your industry or not, from articles, from statistics, and other third-party opinions about your audience or ideal client are true representations of them. Some random internet article told you that your client wants X, Y, and Z, and only X, Y, and Z. So you develop your offerings to fit just that. Instead of following your gut, looking at your true audience, and putting your unique spin on what you do. Now, it is important to do a little market research and work through an in-depth process of identifying who your ideal client actually is. You can't just say moms between the ages of 20 and 50. First off, if you have an audience spanning more than 20 years, you actually have multiple audiences. 
There's no way all of those people are at the exact same stage in life and going through the same exact things with the same exact needs. Secondly, you have to dig a lot deeper than that. Not only age, but location, income level, habits and hobbies, dating or married life, etc. And you have to have a unique solution to a problem you've identified those people have. But notice what I said there. Unique solution, which is your unique offering to a problem you've identified those people to have. Third parties can't tell you about how your business idea is going to be received by a certain group of people because it hasn't been done yet. It hasn't been done with your style. Other opinions, quote unquote, facts and statistics are based on other businesses and products. Drawing conclusions about your ideal client from what people tell you is right is actually hurting you. You're building your business off of someone else's ideal client, not your own. Now, this is scary, right? Because you really have to trust yourself and your business instincts. Well, yeah, but you have to. If you put the work in to learn your own offerings and who they truly serve, you'll be way ahead. And it's okay if you have to tweak it along the way. We all do. I would have never identified the group of people I work with now on day one of my business. It has completely changed. Not only did I learn who my strengths are best suited to help, but I also learned who I liked working with. You have to think about you in that scenario also. So once you've learned not to make assumptions about who your ideal client is and what you should be doing for them, you have to stop assuming they know what you do, aka stop assuming that if you build it, they will come. You've done the work to properly identify them and serve them in a unique way with your unique product, but still crickets. Why? Why aren't they showing up money in hand, ready to make you rich? Well, it's because they don't know what you do. Fuck, if I had a dollar for every time someone told me, oh, I didn't know you did that, I'd have more cash in my pocket. Now, I'm not going to say I'd be rich because that would mean I didn't change up my plan after noticing a trend. Just because you've built a beautiful brand with beautiful offerings, it doesn't mean people know you exist. You have to make yourself discoverable and known. Did you know that on average, you have to tell someone your message, which is what you do, seven times before they'll actually hear it? For whatever reason, those first six times get a figurative blank stare, and the seventh time, you knock and someone is finally home. Why is this? No idea. But even having a website, a logo, and a set of social media pages doesn't guarantee people are going to stumble upon you. You have to use those pages in your voice repeatedly to drive it home with your ideal client. A lot of people struggle with this and they give up on their businesses because of it. Keep going and keep talking about what your offerings are. So 
once they know about you, you've got them, right? Nope. You're going to be lucky if they remember one thing about you. Truth is, you can't assume they know about all of your services. For example, I get a lot of referrals from past clients, which is fucking awesome, A, because that's affirming that I'm doing something right, and B, because I know the opportunity to like my potential client is a lot more coming from someone I already like. So let's say one of my social media clients refers someone to me. I make sure to not assume this potential new client is looking for social media services. I tell them about everything that I do because more often than not, they say, oh my God, I didn't know you did that too. And I end up enrolling them in more than they or I thought they would be interested in enrolling in. It's unfair for me to assume that my social media client clued them in completely on my entire work portfolio. So don't be afraid to talk about everything you offer because chances are your ideal client needs more than what they initially came for. Everyone just isn't on the same page yet. And as a business owner, it is your responsibility to get everyone on the same page. Be clear on your website and your social pages about what you offer. Develop a spiel for your consultations and have a brand statement that rolls off the tongue at any type of event, whether that be used talking to someone at your Aunt Martha's brunch or at a swanky industry networking opportunity. As an example, when I engage with someone on a consultation call, I'll say a little something like, thanks for getting in touch with me about your logo development. I'd like to start out by telling you about all of my offerings so you have a better understanding of how my services fit together to support small business owners like yourself. And it might vary from time to time, but that is what I say. And then I go into more detail. If at the end of it, we still only work on their logo, great, I'm happy about it. But it's more likely they need a logo and a website or a logo and a branded set of social materials, or they need everything I offer. They get more comprehensive support, and I've created a greater sale. Additional support for this episode is brought to you by Prism CBD. I've been using Prism CBD for over a year now, and guys, it has been a game changer for me. Running multiple businesses and being my own boss is amazing, but it comes with added stress and anxiety. After using Prism CBD's Blood Orange CBD Oil Drops, my favorite, I find that I can relax, focus, and be more productive than if I kept riding the entrepreneurial, emotional roller coaster all day. Snag your favorite Prism CBD flavor at www.prismcbd.com and use code LSS20 for 20% off your first order. Speaking of sales, do you ever get concerned about pricing? Most small business owners struggle with this one a lot. It feels very hard to price yourself, especially when you have a unique offering that you can't quite compare to other products on the market. Often, we end up assuming our client will think that our ideal pricing is overpriced. 
So we shortchange ourselves, offer pricing that is way too low, or get stuck in a discounting cycle we can never pull ourselves out of. Here's a reminder. If you are providing something of high value that people cannot provide for themselves, and you create a great experience while doing so, you deserve to get paid well. Don't forget, how you price yourself determines the type of client that you attract. Are you trying to attract the Happy Meal client or the steak dinner client? It is up to you. People do recognize that what you get what you pay for. And if someone is looking for a cheap deal, they might not just be the best client for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. Stop worrying about being overpriced and assuming someone won't pay you what you deserve. They will. You just have to believe it first. Otherwise, how are you going to make them believe it? The next assumption is a big one. You're assuming that people don't want to spend, quote unquote, right now because their resources are limited. And when I say right now, you can consider the current climate during the recording of this episode we're in and how this year has been economically hard for a lot of people. Or right now can just mean whatever is currently happening in your ideal client's life or the world, if you're listening at another time. I'm not going to assume that because people are just starting their business that they don't have a big budget and I have to keep my prices lower than I want to secure them. In fact, I'm going to teach them the opposite. My services are one of the best choices they can make to get off on the right foot and I am worth the investment. They could go cheaper, sure, but I bet they'll be circling back to me later to correct everything that was missed. And at that point, they'll be spending more than they had wanted to anyways. So let's say you offer a service for moms, but you avoid new moms because you know how expensive having a kid can be and you they maybe don't have enough time and you don't think they'll want to invest in your thing right now but you're deciding for them. They might be completely willing to buy your mom offering, but they don't get a chance to because you're unwilling to put it in front of them. It's kind of like avoiding rejection. If you don't ask someone on the date, they can't turn you down, right? Don't convince yourself of something before it even happens. You'll leave a lot of money on the table with that assumption. Now, you'll also need to stop assuming your client doesn't want extra services. Guys, treat your clients like a baby deer. Most have no idea what they need or want. What they ask for isn't always what they should or will end up getting. It is your job to direct them because you are the expert in your area. So speak as such. Talking about extra services doesn't mean upselling someone for no good reason and trying to squeeze a few extra dollars out of them. Selling someone more than what they came for may put them in a better position overall, and it may allow you to help them more easily. I could just go ahead and create a website for you, but if I know that you don't have a logo specific brand colors, or a marketing strategy, that website is not going to end up serving you very well. I feel better 
selling you a logo and branding package and a set of consulting sessions along with your website because I know the overall outcome will be much better for you. Yes, I make more money, but I also walk away with a happier and more satisfied client. They weren't educated as to why they need those other tools also. I do my job and educate them so we can all work better. Lastly, you have to stop assuming your client understands the process. Now, the process is what goes into your product, your service, offering, and experience. Maybe your salon client is having a hard time understanding why going from brunette to blonde is going to cost them a cool $1,000 and take multiple appointments. Tell them, explain your coloring process and what you do at each appointment to keep their hair healthy along the way in that transition. Or maybe they're having a hard time sealing the deal on a coaching package. Well, coaching is pretty broad. They may have never purchased a package of coaching sessions before. Is it just shooting the shit and talking to you for an hour? No. What do they get from it? What is unique about your coaching process, your tools, your availability, and your results? If you assume people understand your world, you'll lose a lot of potential clients. Again, you're the expert, not them. If they knew all this or could do all of what you offer on their own, there wouldn't be a need for you. Make sure that you're cluing them in to what it's like to work with you and experience your product or service. So we just covered seven assumptions you shouldn't make about your ideal client. That third-party information about your ideal client isn't always accurate, that they don't necessarily know what you do, and if they know one thing, they don't know all the things. We also covered that you can't assume they'll think you are overpriced or that they aren't ready to spend right now or want to purchase extra services. And lastly, that you can't assume they know what to expect as part of your process or experience. A little info goes a long way. And it's actually really hard to stop making assumptions. We do it a lot of times without even thinking. Now that you're aware of it, you might be able to see how you're making assumptions in your personal lives as well. Your life experience, self-doubt, the news, A laundry list of things can contribute to what you decide is fact. But challenge yourself to break outside of your assumptions and find the real truth for yourself and your business. It is very likely you'll be going against what you think the grain is, and that is okay. And you're not going to break free from all of these assumptions at once, so give yourself a little grace as you work through them. Baby steps. This is going to be a learning process for you and will continue to improve over time. But if you make effort into reducing the number of assumptions you make about your ideal client, you'll find you'll attract a lot more business. Why? Because you'll be more open to your client. Right now, you've shut a lot off without realizing it. So get out there, 
free yourself from these preconceived thoughts and ideas and kill it in the business game this week. I'll be back next Monday with a brand new episode of Rogue and Reason. Have a boss ass week. To learn more about me, your host, and the Rogue and Reason podcast, visit www.lauraswansiegman.com slash podcast and follow along on Instagram at Rogue Reason Podcast.